June 13th. And uh, we're ready for lesson two on prayer for wisdom in our unit study of great prayers of the Bible. We just took some prayer requests, so we're going to ask, I guess, Brother Mickey to lead us in prayer. Hopefully it'll record. <laughs> Father, we thank you for the day. Lord, we thank you for your blessings. We thank you, Lord, for your guidance, your direction. Father, we thank you for your healing presence. Lord, we thank you for the peace of mind that you give unto us. Lord, that we can come unto you with all our needs and all our hurts and our pains. And you are the deliverer. You are the strengthener. You are the empower. We continue to lift up Lenny's mother to you today. Lord, and thank you for the healing process that is going on in her body. Lord, we thank you for the doctors that are overseeing. Father, we just give you praise, Lord, and we lift up Alice and Dennis to you today. Father, you know the needs there, and Lord, you are aware of the situation and the circumstances. You are our provider, but you are our healer, our deliverer, Lord, and we thank you for it today. We lift up Betty supporter to you today, Lord. And ask your hand to minister to her, Lord. Crown her with your anointing spirit, Lord. Flow through her veins, Lord, as she prays and worships you, Lord. You thankful that you have given her a positive attitude about this situation, Lord, knowing that if she leaves here, she is with you. Father, today we thank you for the surprise for Sherry, Heavenly Father. We, we thank you for the blessings that you continue to pour out on us, Lord, and bless us with. Thank you for lifting us up and encouraging us. Be with Brother Philip as he brings the class to together today. Lord, we ask you to be present in our main service. Anoint these times we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Shows it's still on, so maybe it recorded. <laughs> I never know till Tuesday when I check the yeah. website, but it did record some of it. Yes, uh, last Sunday, but uh, <laughs> we missed about ten minutes of it, so we didn't get Sherry's wonderful prayer that she did. <laughs> but anyway, it's good to be in the house of the Lord again, and remember, next Sunday is Father's Day, so we won't be meeting in classes because we're going to have those donuts for dads over there in the fellowship building, FLC. Uh, today, as I said, we're looking at another prayer. Uh, this is an interesting prayer because he was asleep when he prayed this. I didn't, I didn't know you could pray while you're asleep. That, that sounds good to me. <laughs> I, I pray as I'm going to sleep sometimes, but... Uh, that's something. But uh, the central truth is God freely gives wisdom to those who ask. And uh, the key verse is the Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. <coughs> and also like James 1, 5, where it says, If anyone lack wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth liberally. To all who ask. And I know before I, I went to work on my job, I always prayed, Lord, give me the strength, the ability, and wisdom for this job. And uh, it's amazing how he'll do that and give you wisdom on your job to help you to do your job better. Uh, it's been said knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit, but wisdom is knowing not to add tomatoes to a fruit salad. 
So that's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Wisdom shows you how to apply knowledge that you have. Life presents a lot of opportunities to test our wisdom. And um, you might have had one this past week. Or you might be wondering how to navigate a challenge facing you this coming week. So we're focusing on where you can turn for that wisdom. Um, Solomon was the second son born to David and Bathsheba. Just before David's death, he had declared that Solomon would be the new king, much to the disappointment, of course, of another son, Adonijah, who thought he should be the king, and he tried to take the throne. But uh, it was reported to David what was going on, and so David stopped that and, and publicly declared that Solomon would be his successor. So in the uh, Bible, we're at uh, 1 Kings, the third chapter, and it, uh, our lesson starts uh, with around the fifth verse, but uh, on our outline, we also have the first five verses mentioned, so uh, we'll start with that, um, 1 Kings 3, 1 through 5. Uh, Sherry, would you like to read that? One through five? Yes. All righty. First Kings 3. Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and married his daughter. He brought her to the city of David until he finished building his palace and the temple of the Lord and the wall around Jerusalem. The people, however, were still sacrificing at the high places because a temple had not yet been built for the name of the Lord. Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the instructions given him by his father David, except that he offered sacrifices and burned incense on the high places. The king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for that was the most important high place. And Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. One more, and yes, and at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God said, "Ask for whatever you want me to give you." Because I, I was trying to do two things there. Uh, the first one did show the devotion to God that Solomon had by offering those. 1,000 offerings. Now, he didn't have a 1,000 altars all around, but he offered on that same altar a 1,000 sacrifices. That would take a while. And uh, it also showed his devotion to God because he didn't have to offer a 1,000. He could have just offered two or three or something like that, but he offered a 1,000, and that... You can never outgive God, and that really impressed God, and uh, that He was so uh, committed and loyal to God. There's a song that says, "Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing." Maybe some of you have heard that song, and uh, 
someone replied, well, just use your own tongue that you have right now. Well, you don't need a thousand tongues. But uh, it's also expressing that thought, you know, I, I just need a thousand tongues that I can really glorify God and sing unto him. And uh, so Solomon is well known for his construction, of course, of the magnificent temple in Jerusalem. And uh, that is where he planned to really show his devotion to God by uh, building that temple, but he also was showing his devotion by offering these sacrifices at Gibeon. Now, it said it was a high place, which means it was a place where the Canaanites had offered sacrifices to idols. And so this is one reason why God uh, corrected a lot of the kings that did not tear down these high places because they were um, being uh, where idolatry took place, you know, of offering these sacrifices to idols. But Solomon wasn't offering an, to an idol. He was offering to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And uh, so uh, she read first there where he married a wife there in Egypt and uh, this was for a political reason more than love because he was making friends with all these nations around him. Um, I was looking which map might show it. But uh, anyway, he um, that's one reason why he had 700 wives is because he was marrying all these daughters all around him and everything. So they wouldn't go to war against their daughter, you know, so it was kind of a political thing. But God had warned through Moses that kings were not to multiply wives or horses. And uh, so he was really in disobedience to God by having that many wives. And uh, besides the 700 wives, he had... <clears throat> 300 concubines, so that made really a 1,000 women that he was involved with. And uh, maybe he was offering a sacrifice for each of them. But <laughs> no, this was later when he had that. But um, anyway, uh, we read there where after he had offered those sacrifices, because he loved the Lord, and then he went... Um, uh, probably there, that night he was pretty tired after offering all those sacrifices so he went to sleep and while he was sleeping then it said the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night and what an offer God said ask what I shall give thee you know Jesus also gave that offer he said ask and it shall be given unto you and seek and you shall find. Knock and the door be open unto you. So we also have had that uh, offer, you might say, by the fact that Jesus said, ask me anything and it shall be given unto you according to the will of God. 
And so we can't just ask for Cadillacs and all that. We're to ask according to what God would have us to have. And when it says that he will give us, <coughs> give us the desire of our heart, <coughs> excuse me, uh, it meant the fact that he will give us the desire. And as he gives us the desire, we can ask what he has told us that we can ask for and lay on our heart to ask for. And um, we're also told in the Psalms that we're to ask for the heathen, you know, and we're to ask for souls because that's what God is really interested in. He sent Jesus to seek and save the lost. And so that's on God's heart mainly is for lost souls to be saved. And so when we ask for souls to be saved, that's according to his will. And, of course, it is according to his will for healing, too. So we can ask God to heal our loved ones and, and to heal ourselves, even, because Jesus took those stripes upon his back for our healing. And so it's already paid for. Our salvation's paid for and the healing's paid for. But this is what... God told Sol Solomon here in the dream, ask what I shall give thee. And uh, we've all heard stories, you know, Aladdin and his lamp, you know, rub the lamp and a genie comes out. I'll grant unto you three wishes, you know. <laughs> and, uh, but this was not a genie. This is God himself that appeared. And I don't we don't know how he appeared or, or what he looked like. It was probably one of those what we call theophanies of Christ where Christ appeared to him and, and told him to ask and it shall be given to him. All right. Um, now we're ready for what Solomon prays for because that's what he's saying there. And, and prayer is a lot to do with asking. We ask God, and we commune with God and talk with God. And uh, what a privilege it is, you know, that we can come boldly unto the throne of grace to ask what we have need of, and he will give it to us. So as we go on, we'll go from uh, 6 through 15. We'll take both of these uh, of chapter 3. Any volunteers to read that? <laughs> All right. Melissa. First Kings chapter 3, verses 6 through 15. And Solomon said, Thou hast shewed unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy, according as he has walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept from him this great kindness that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord, my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David, my father. And I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. And thy servant is in the midst of the people which thou hast chosen, a great people. They cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge the people that I may discern between good and bad, for who is able to judge this thy so great a people? 
and the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thy enemies, but hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. And I have also given thee that which thou hast not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among thy kings like unto thee all thy days. And if thou wilt walk in the ways to keep thy statutes and my commandments as thy father David did walk, then I will lengthen thy days. And Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. And he came to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord and offered up burnt offerings and offered peace offerings and made a feast to all his servants. Thank you, Alyssa. And so we see that uh, he gave a good response what he asked for. He, he asked for an understanding heart. And uh, we notice that the Lord was very pleased with that because, as James said, you know, that he won't upbraid you if you ask for wisdom, you know, and that's, that's what Solomon was asking for understanding to understand how he might rightly judge the people of Israel as their king he was also their judge and of course they had judges before they had kings and uh, so the after the judges the kings then became judges and they had cases that were brought before them and so he said I I don't know whether I can do that without your help. I'm sure I can't. So please give me an understanding heart. And notice how the Lord answered, I have given thee a wise and an understanding heart. He didn't say anything about wise, but the Lord added that to him, wise and understanding. And uh, he said, it will be that there'll be none like thee before you, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. I have a little problem with that because we know that Christ came after him and he had a lot more wisdom and understanding than Solomon had. But uh, he was talking about among men, you know, the, the human men that they would not have such a, understanding as him because even Jesus said a greater than Solomon is here in your midst so we know that Jesus was greater than Solomon and because he has all wisdom and all knowledge but he is the God man he's not just man so right he was omniscient and omnipotent right so uh, it almost sounds like, well, didn't Christ fulfill that, you know, when he said, neither after thee shall that happen. So then it gives a, uh, again, we see that he offered more offerings to the Lord after he awoke. And uh, he uh, went to Jerusalem. He was at Gibeon. 
Gibeon was a place that had the highest high place, you might say, that uh, was a larger place where he could offer those thousand offerings. And so after he had this dream, then he awoke and realized it was a dream, but yet he was able to uh, get his request that he asked in the dream. And so then they give an example of his wisdom in a case that comes before him in verses uh, 16 through 22. Uh, Solomon shows supernatural, that's supernatural there, wisdom. (laughs) And uh, so this tragic case is presented unto him. Uh, Brother Mickey, would you like to read that? First Kings chapter 3, verses 16 through 23. 22. 22. Then came there two women. They were harlots unto the king and stood before him. And the one woman said, O my Lord, and this woman dwell in one house. And I was delivered of a child with her in the house. And it came to pass the third day after that I had delivered that she, the woman was delivered also, and she gave, uh, and we were together. There was no stranger with us in the house, save we two in the house. And the woman's child died in the night because she overlaid it. And she arose at midnight and took my son from beside me while thine handmaid slept and laid it in her bosom and laid her dead child in my bosom. And when I rose in the morning to give my child suck, behold, it was dead. But when I had considered it in the heart in the morning, behold, it was not my son, which I did hear, bear. And the other woman said, Nay, but the living is my son, and the dead is thy son. And this said, No, but the dead is thy son, and the living is my son. Thus they spoke before the king. That's it. All right. Thank you. So that's the case that is presented unto Solomon after the Lord granted him an understanding heart and wisdom. So it's put to the test by this case, and it's... It's a case that is hard to discern naturally. You have these two women both claiming the live son was theirs and the dead son was the other one's. And, uh, of course, it was an accident that the child died. Uh, (coughs) This woman overlaid him, and this is one reason why it's not good, you know, to put a baby in bed with you. <laughs> you need to put it in a crib because and, and, it's easy when you're asleep to maybe overlay and then that would suffocate the child. And when you put it in the crib also, they say put it on his back, not his stomach because there again, he could suffocate if, it's, if he's on the stomach. So uh, the, the Bible always gives good advice and wisdom. But uh, 
he's got these two prostitutes, really, is what harlots are, of course, and um, they uh, both became pregnant. They both had a child, one three days later than the other one, and um, so they were living in this house together, and um, this one that overlaid on the child took her dead child and put it by the other woman and took her child instead so that the other woman would think that her child was the dead child. But, uh, of course, a mom knows who their real child is, and so she said, we've got to take this to court. So they, they went to Solomon to present this case before him that both were claiming the life, <coughs> the living child was theirs. And so this is the tragic case that is presented there. And uh, Solomon then displays God-given wisdom in 23 to 28, where the king said, One saith, This is my son that liveth, and thy son is the dead one. And the other saith, Nay, but thy son is the dead one, and my son is the living one. So the king said, Well, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword before the king. Uh, evidently, uh, he was having a servant of his to bring the sword, and, and the sword was in the servant's hand, not in the Solomon's hand. The king said, divide the living child in two. Give half to the one and half to the other. Of course, you know a child's not going to survive unless it's a magician, you know, cutting a woman in half or something like that. Uh, but that's a trick. But uh, anyway, he said, well, we'll just give half to you and half to the other one. But, of course, that would kill the child if you, if you uh, divided a child with a sword like that. So the woman who's the living child said unto the king, because her bowels yearn upon her son. And she said, Oh, my Lord, give her that living child, and in no wise slay it. But the other said, Yeah, let it be neither mine nor thine, but divide it. So it doesn't take much wisdom to know who the real mother is that way. So the king answered, Give her the living child, and in no wise slay it, because she is the mother thereof. And all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had judged, and they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to do judgment. So uh, we, we see how God gave him wisdom in how to handle this case, which was a very unusual case, and also... It was a case that would be hard to prove because it was her word against the other one's word. But uh, God gave Solomon wisdom to, to uh, give a test to these uh, two ladies and uh, say, well, let's just divide it in half. And, and the one who's it wasn't her child said, yeah, go ahead. 
That way, neither of us will have it. Isn't that true? Because Right, especially with this abortion that's going on, because. Well, the Supreme Court has kicked them out. They didn't hear Roe v. Wade. Now we got a majority of conservatives on there now. Can they overturn it? Uh, it'd be it'd be interesting. Yes, because we know that God loves children, and. Uh, our uh, devotion in the devotional book that I was reading, Daily Bread, brought out the fact about how the, the disciples tried to keep the children away from Jesus. And he rebuked his disciples, and he was very indignant and said, Do not forbid children to come to me, for such is the kingdom of God. And so... Uh, we know that Jesus loves the children, the children of the world. And we're having a lot of children coming over now with this uh, immigration thing in, on our southern border. And um, a lot of them are just children, you know. But um, we need to pray about the situation for sure and pray that these children will accept Christ and, and come to know the Lord because he loves them. And wants to save them, regardless of the political situation. Um, so uh, anyway, this was a test for Solomon, and he passed it very well. And this wasn't the only time he was tested, because we know that he also was tested by this Queen Asheba, that came to him um, in the uh, Second Chronicles, the ninth chapter. I think I put a marker there. It says, when the Queen of Sheba heard of the famous Solomon, she came to prove Solomon with hard questions at Jerusalem with a very great company and camels that bear spices and gold in abundance. I think my sister's related to her with <laughs> the way she likes her spices. Uh, and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all her questions, or answered her questions. And there was nothing hid from Solomon which he told her not. So when the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon and the house that he had built. So this is years later after the temple was built. And noticed all the uh, way that the servants were treated at his table, the, the abundance of food that was there for them, and, and so forth. She said to the king, it was a true report which I had heard in mine own land of thine acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit I believed not their words until I came, and mine eyes had seen it. And behold, 
one half of the greatness of thy wisdom was not told me, for thou exceedest the fame that I heard. And happy are thy men and thy servants which stand continually before thee, and blessed be the Lord thy God. She didn't say it was her God yet. Which delighted in thee to set thee on his throne to be king of the Lord, I mean for the Lord thy God, because thy God, she keeps saying thy God, loved Israel to establish them forever. Therefore made he thee king over them to do judgment and justice. And so not only did she bring spices, but she brought gold and um, precious stones, which would be jewels. Neither was there any such spice as the Queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon and the servants. of Solomon, they uh, brought the gold from Ophir and brought algum trees and precious stones and the king made of the algum trees terrace to the house of the Lord and to the king's palace and harps and psalteries and, and the king gave to the queen of Sheba all her desire whatsoever she asked beside that which she had brought in unto the king. So she turned and went away to her own land, she and her servants. So uh, there's been quite a mystery about this queen of Sheba. Where, where is Sheba? You know? And uh, so I, I was looking it up in the Bible atlas, and it gave the... Um, location of close to Ethiopia and also at the um, southern end of the Red Sea which is real close to Yemen today and so that's where they say that she came from when Abraham's wife Sarah died he married again and he married Keturah and Keturah had 10 sons. So that shows that uh, even at 120-something, Abraham was still very fertile. <laughs> and and uh, one of those sons, they say, was the one that established that country of uh, Sheba. Like I said, there's all kinds of legends about it. But we do know that the Bible is true and that she did come to meet Solomon. Some say uh, they had an affair and that uh, when she went back home, she gave birth to a child that she named Son of the Wise Man. Uh, you just hear all these different legends and rumors. <coughs> Some should say she had a demon and all kinds of You can find out about this. Queen of Sheba, but we're told in the scripture here that she brought great wealth to Solomon. He was already wealthy, and now she brings him more gold and spices and jewels, and uh, so that helped increase his wealth. And uh, uh, Solomon also blessed her before she left with uh, uh, 
different riches that he blessed her with. That's also found in 1 Kings, the 10th chapter, I was told. So God may not appear to you in a dream to tell you to ask for whatever you want, but it, as I mentioned, he has invited all of us to ask, and it will be given to us in Matthew 7, 7. So that passage goes on to state that God, our Father, gives good gifts to those who ask him. Like Solomon, we should seek wisdom even in what we pray for. Uh, you know, Paul said we really don't know what we should pray for, but the Holy Spirit will intercede through us, for the Holy Spirit is all wisdom. He's all knowledge. He's, he has all the attributes of God because he is God. And so it's we can be thankful that the Holy Spirit will help us in interceding for others. Now, next week we're not going to meet, but I have a handout about fasting that goes along with next week's lesson from Nehemiah, where he fasted as well as prayed. And um, then when we meet again in the two weeks, uh, we'll be in the New Testament then on New Testament prayers. Uh, until we finish the unit, it will be in the New Testament prayers that Jesus prayed, as well as Paul and uh, other uh, disciples. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you, Lord, that we can ask wisdom of you, and that you're pleased when we ask of you wisdom, and give us wisdom day by day, but also we know that you want us to be able to understand your word better and that we can trust that you will open up our eyes to what your word has to say to us. And we thank you for each one here and just meet their needs. And we pray that you'll bless in the service to follow. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.